Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? Doing really well, Henry. It's hot down here in SoCal, but happy to be here. Nice hot summer. Uh, pretty warm up here in the Bay Area, too. Probably nowhere near as hot as where you're at. <laughs> uh, but we are joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? How's it going? I'm doing well. Ready to talk some Thor. All right. Indeed. Today is July 15th, 2022, and we're going to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. The latest movie release from Marvel Studios. Uh, so the three of us went to go see this movie just recently, uh, a week ago, a week ago tonight, opening Friday. And uh, we definitely have thoughts, certainly. Um, but uh, before we get into all the spoilery stuff, uh, let's do what we often do, and that's talk a little bit about expectations. So curious from you guys, what were your expectations for this movie? How were you feeling when you went into the theater and sat down and got ready to check this one out? Uh, you want to start, Perfurio? Yeah, sure. So for me, I kind of had like actually like to be honest, like zero excitement or mm. expectations for this movie, like compared to the last MCU releases, um, you know, like Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange 2, like, I guess like I was like way more excited, especially like for the ticket releases on Fandango, I was really on top of it. And then for Thor, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that movie's coming out. I should probably get the tickets for us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, yeah, like, I think just because there was, like, no hype for the movie, because the trailer didn't come out, like, till like, two months prior to the release date. And, um, yeah, I guess... Like, the Thor franchise, like, has either been, like, a major hit or miss. Thor 3, I was a big, huge fan of, and then the other two were okay. And this one, um, even though it was going to be helmed by uh, Taiki Watiki again, um, I was like, okay, it's in good hands because he's a really good, like, director. He's a great, like, contact um, creator. But, you know, after watching, like, the first trailer release, it just seemed like a Thor 3 remake or, like, a James Gunn, James Gunn parody of, um, like, one, one of their works and stuff. So I was just like, okay, like, is anything new going to be used with this movie? But nothing that like excited me or wowed me so um yeah like i just had 
zero expectations or the bar just kind of love for me with this movie gotcha uh what about you christian hmm i was actually kind of the opposite of porfirio i was really looking forward <laughs> to this one um make it like i really like taika watiti as a director and writer like he's always got a lot of charm to his work and i've always really liked his movies in the past um, I really loved Thor Ragnarok. I think that's one of my favorite MCU movies, as well as um, Jojo Rabbit's really great. What We Do in the Shadows, Eagle vs. Shark, some some of those more indie pictures. Um, but all of them is great. And I think Thor Ragnarok was so fresh, so funny, and so much fun to watch, especially at the time when it came out, that... I, I was really excited for this. I thought it was a great step for the character of Thor. Um, I haven't seen a, Thor 1 and 2 in a long time. Thor 2 I really didn't like. Thor 1 I liked at the time, but I, I haven't seen that in years. I don't know how I feel about it anymore. And so I thought it was a great like boost for the character, and I was really excited to see where they took where they took this next. Um and then I wanted to see Taika Waititi's kind of like take on Jane Foster and the mighty Thor, uh, who I thought was very underutilized in the in Thor one and two before she just kind of dipped entirely from the MCU. And also, I really like Guns N' Roses, and I really kind of enjoyed like the vibe <laughs> of the trailers. I was playing Sweet Child of Mine, and the the way they did the lettering and how it looked really, really '80s. Like everything kind of had this like '80s metal album cover vibe to it. So yeah, I was I was looking forward to this one. Yeah, Christian, I'm with you. Like I was going in with pretty high expectations too. Like, um, for a lot of the same reasons, like, uh, Taika Waititi's past work has been great. Yeah, like, I've seen some of his old stuff, too. Oh, not old stuff, his previous stuff. Um, Jojo Rabbit, and, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Those were great. Thor Ragnarok, awesome. Um, I also saw this show called What We Do in the... Oh, no, you, you mentioned that. You mentioned What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, but uh, the show he did called Our Flag Means Death, which he was heavily involved in. And that's a lot of fun. Um, so I was definitely riding pretty high on Taika. So um, I was I was figuring that this would be great, you know? Um, I, I kind of feel like I went in with a similar feel as I did going into Wonder Woman 1984, because it was like, well, how could this go wrong? You know, because you had the same lead actor, you got the same director, you know, the previous movie was awesome. So why wouldn't this be awesome also? Right. Uh, so yeah, I was totally looking forward to it. And I, I would add too that, I'm a big fan of the guardians of the galaxy and I knew they were in this movie. So even more reason to get hyped, you know? Okay. So that was the expectation. What was the reality? So let's get into it. Uh, let's what? give the spoiler alert 
and uh, get into it. Uh, oh, real quick, uh, Perfurio, you had something? I was just going to uh, like ask a question before we get into spoiler territory, but did you guys have any like predictions going into it, like based off like the trailer, what you've heard? Because like, you know, the trailer showed that like, yeah, like Jane Foster was taking up the hammer and being reintroduced in the MCU and you know, Christian Bale was going to be introduced in the MCU with his character um, what's it called? Gore? Gore. Gore. The, the God Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah what was you guys' like predictions or um, yeah, like expectations when it came down to the, the trailers or yeah, like just those details and stuff. Yeah, that's a good question. Because like with past movies, I think Spider-Man No Way Home in particular, I had so many questions. You know, I went in with like a whole laundry list of like, oh, is this character going to show up? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? I was just like, I mean, we, we talked about having like a bingo card and stuff, but <laughs> the, I, I had like so much going on in my brain. Um, with this movie, like nothing. I was looking forward to it, but I was just like, I wasn't totally interested in any kind of speculation. I was just like going in there and like, let's have fun. Like, this is going to be a, a fun comedy. And it was kind of freeing, actually. I was like, um, yeah, like, I'm just here to have fun. I'm not here to like, stress out about oh i wonder if this character is going to show up or is this going to happen none of that and there's no speculation so it's a very different experience going in compared to uh, past marvel movies particularly uh, no way home yeah it's funny that you say that i definitely felt like pretty much the same way i'd say my only prediction which seems like a um i guess at the time felt like a like a slam dunk idea was that oh this is um the introduction of the new thor this is the introduction of jane foster and this is going to be where uh thor odinson rides off into the sunset mm -hmm. i think we've been having a lot of that with the uh, previous marvel properties hawkeye you know of the uh previous member of the avengers the legacy character passing the torch to a new generation and this was Thor's version of that. So that's my big prediction. That's That was really it, actually. Other than that, I would say I was very... Um, pretty open to whatever was in store. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was certainly curious about some things. Yeah, in particular, the Jane Foster character. Um, but mostly, it was just sit back, and enjoy kind of vibe right uh, but yeah what about you prefer yo did you have any thoughts going into the movie on that yeah like so like, you guys already said i thought jane foster um like this was gonna be like a passed down mantle from uh chris hemsworth's thor to jane foster's thor and just kind of like you know create like this whole like new avengers team for the future you know because we already saw that with like Hawkeye and Captain America and um and so I just figured like oh like it makes sense that Thor will 
fit that formula. Um, so that happened, and I was really excited to see Christian Bale's uh, villain, um, Gorg, because, yeah, just reading off what, how powerful he is in the comics, I was like, oh, this sounds like, uh, I guess, like, MCU's version of, like, uh, Dark Sidious or Voldemort or, you know, like that sinister kind of character who is like very mysterious and has like this like like agenda of like like kill the gods like you know like with a very like old mystical voice um but uh yeah so those are like two of my biggest like expectations or predictions that I thought was gonna happen. Gotcha. So yeah it sounds like you had a similar mindset as me. Like you, you weren't super excited about the movie, but you're definitely curious about, you know, some of the characters and what was going to happen. Right. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So back to it, we had some expectations, some lack of expectations, uh, but what was the reality? We saw the movie and, um, Let's start with uh, the positives. What was good? What did you like about Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, You want to kick us off here, Christian? Yeah. So actually, since Porfirio just mentioned gore, um, I do want to say gore is one of the biggest positives of the movie. Christian Bale as gore. I think he's great. He does actually remind me a lot of Voldemort, the way he looks, the way he's like pale white. And he's he plays a good villain. He he knows how to be really creepy. I think he always has a lot of presence when he's there. Um there's there's scenes or shots where it's all completely dark and you see his red eyes appear as he like walks into the frame. And I I enjoyed like his how he had his sword that um, he stabs into the ground and shadow monsters appear. And uh, I think as a whole, I think um, Marvel's been stepping up their villain game it, it, with these past few movies with with No Way Home, Shang-Chi, and um, Doctor Strange. And I think this one is like keeping that trend going, which is a trend that I, I really like. And I think it's a very positive direction for the MCU. More villains, better villains. So, what do you guys think of gore? You think for you? Uh, I I like like I said I had really cool expectations for gore. Um, I agree with everything you said, Christian. I think I thought it was really cool his um the aesthetic, the makeup, and everything. Um. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was like this interview Taiki did where there was some concept art where they had like this idea of having <laughs> having like Christian Bale like like have not have a nose, but then he was just like, "Oh, that's gonna look way too much like Baltimore." <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, that was a little fun fact. And um, he was creepy. He was definitely had that like creepy vibe uh, 
uh, yeah, um, Mir's mysterious character. I thought he was like a worthy uh, villain against Thor. Um, and the way, yeah, he, he was able to like keep stand his ground against like Thor, Jane Foster, and Valkyrie. Um, that's what I'll say, yeah, about him so far for the positive side. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I did think he looked pretty cool. Like he had a menacing look. The character design was on point. And, um, yeah, bottom line is he looked pretty scary and there was definitely some Voldemort vibes for sure. Um, so yeah, aesthetically I was down. I thought he worked, uh, in that respect, um, in terms of, uh, a character, character development, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think to no fault of Christian Bale, like he's basically good in everything he does. Um, I think my problems with the character are just kind of more of my problem with the whole movie. And I'll get into it more when we start talking about negatives, but um, yeah, I thought the movie just was, was lacking in character development in general. So um, yeah, I'll talk about it more. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the negatives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I know, I know we're, we're itching to get there, but uh, for uh-huh. now I say he looked cool. He did look cool. Uh-huh. leave it at that for now yeah <laughs> and a positive i would give is i was really excited to see valkyrie you know i feel like you know she was introducing thor ragnarok which she was really great in and then i felt like there was like just shortcomings of her in endgame so i was excited to see more of her um and, you know, like the opening scenes of her being more of like a political figure, you know, being king of Asgard, I thought was kind of funny because, you know, Valkyrie is like, she's a warrior, you know, I feel like for her, she's just kind of like, she, she would have been like, screw these politics, like, let me go back on the battlefield and whatever. Um, so I was excited to see more of her. I was I was definitely excited to see uh, Lady Sif again back in um, the MCU because we haven't seen her since I think Thor two, right? Yeah, I don't I remember. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess technically we saw her in Loki, uh, but her last movie was Thor: The Dark Thor, World. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she was even in like Infinity War or Endgame. I don't mm-hmm. think. Or Ragnarok. Um, yeah, or Ragnarok. So yeah. I was ex- excited to see her again. Um, but let me, just, let me try to think of another positive to the movie. Um, the soundtrack was cool. And seeing, oh, um, the Zeus, Rus- Russell Crowe's Zeus. Wait, is it Russell Crowe? Or- uh, yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe. Yep. Sorry, I always get Russell Crowe and Jared Butler confused. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You did have an accent, the movie, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) you did have a Greek Uh, accent, so it may have been a little tough to (laughs) pick out who he was. Um, But I was excited to see like that whole like uh, uh, concept of like the gods, 
you know, because like the MCU's already tackled that. You know, we just finished watching Moon Knight, so we saw like um, what's the the Egyptian god? Oh, Ahmet and Khonshu. Yeah, Khonshu and Ahmed, and then um, uh, yeah, and then seeing like Eternals and stuff, talking about like because there's like this like major line, I guess that was like spoken and. Eternals. I think Spike said how like a lot of Earth's gods are based off the Eternals. So um, it was interesting to see like what, like how gods or like higher beings are being placed within the MCU. You know, based on like people's religion or um, whatever. Um, so I really enjoyed that scene. I wish there was more ex- exploration around it, but I really kind of did like that whole, like, uh, kind of, yeah, like, explanation to, like, how there's other gods exist within the MCU, like the Greek gods, like Zeus and celestial beings and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, so let's see. I guess I have a few other positives to, to note here. Um, yeah, ultimately for me, I did have some problems with the movie overall. Again, we'll get into them. <laughs> but for now, um, just wanted to mention that there are definitely moments in the movie that are enjoyable. Uh, there's a lot of comedy in the movie, kind of hit or miss, but yeah, definitely hit at some moments. Um, there's a great cameo against spoiler alert um but uh, the great comedic actress melissa mccarthy does a cameo as uh hella in a play <laughs> and it's just really funny um i definitely laughed in that moment um and i definitely laughed in another moment there was a relationship montage of thor and jane i thought that was really funny that was like really well done Uh, there's one part where um molnir is dragging thor and jane on rollerblades (laughs) really good stuff so uh, definitely funny there um so yeah yeah there were definitely some moments that that were that were uh worthwhile uh you know we mentioned um past characters showing up like sif and um valkyrie uh darcy shows up too and we haven't seen darcy in the thor movie since uh uh dark world also actually was she even in dark world she was she was was. okay right she she had her own intern that's right that's right (laughs) and we did see her in wandavision right uh but she's always great and i thought um she was really good in the one scene she was in in this movie so yeah that was that was uh a pleasant surprise, definitely. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to call out as positives for this movie? Um, yeah, I got one thing. Um, I fully agree with the positives that you guys all mentioned. And I think one other aspect I, I really liked about this movie um, is I, I, I like the sense of color in this movie. I enjoyed the color palette. I liked how bright and vibrant the 
um, omnipotent city was when you see all the gods as well as uh, when in the scene after where they go to that like moon type planet and everything's they go to the shadow realm and everything's black and white I thought was uh, a really cool little set piece right there and um yeah like the way like the kind of the way they use kind of like the black and white of like gore mixed with like the ultra vibrant world of like thor you know and the way they kind of like it kind of meshes between them like comedic and serious in a sense mm-hmm. so that's just something that's just another thing that i liked about the movie I agree. I I like the whole like color scheme to it. Was there because there was color in the shadow room, wasn't there? Like a little bit. There was when uh, Jane Foster kind of lit me all near like a little flashlight. You saw little bits of color, and that was a like really cool little thing that they had there. Yeah, I, was there? Because did you was there any like significance to it, or was just like a thing like? Oh, like just the light gave it color. I th- I think that's that might have been all it was. You know, the light gave it color because I think okay. the thunderbolt also gave off some like color as well. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. For me, another big positive, I guess, was just like, you know, because we talked about like expectations or predictions. Uh, was seeing Jane Foster. As Thor, like again, like this is me just thinking that she's she's taking up the mantle and stuff, and you know, like uh, when back in just like in the comics when it was revealed that Jane Foster was the one, like the new Thor, like I just remember like there's just a lot of, like that you know that was the time when like Marvel comics was just taking up a change and. People are just like, oh, like, like, screw this, like, social justice, progressive liberal stuff, you know? And I just thought that was hilarious, you know? And seeing this again, like, like, if you're like a Marvel reader, you already know that she's Thor in the comics. So it's no surprise that she's gonna, they're, it was eventually gonna happen where she was gonna, be reintroduced to the MCU as carrying the hammer. And so like when like like people were upset about it, like that's not my Thor or whatever, I was just like, I thought that was comedic as fuck. And so mm-hmm. I was pretty excited to see like uh seeing her come back and kind of kick ass and um yeah. That I, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think she has like, like, um, like a much better arc here than I think what we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Like, I much preferred seeing her in this movie than I think I did in Thor one and two. And I thought it was cool how she had like the hammer ability where the hammer broke apart, and you saw the shards like fly out and hit a bunch, you know, hit hit a bunch of monsters at once. As like her signature move. Indeed. Okay, so I think we can move on to some of the negatives. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, 
what didn't you like about this movie? You want to start start us off, Henry? Uh, sure. Since we've been talking about Jane Foster quite a bit, maybe I'll just kind of continue that. But maybe on the more <laughs> negative side. So we have been talking about how the Gore character looks pretty cool. Um, I kind of thought besides Gore, no one else looked cool. <laughs> Um, I didn't think the Jane Foster look, uh, the Jane Foster Thor looked cool at all. Now, when I first saw her revealed in the trailer, I was already kind of like, whoa, that's what she looks like. She had like the helmet on and it, it was very like comics accurate, but I was like, dang, that, that looks kind of corny, but it's just a trailer. So, you know, let me see the movie. But that is basically how she looks throughout the movie. And it's pretty cartoonish. And um, yeah, just aesthetically, I don't know. I had some problems with with that look. And, and it probably didn't help, too, that here's, here's a surprising part for me. Surprisingly, I was I found the Jane Foster character completely uninteresting, which was weird because I liked her quite a bit in the first Thor movie. Um, And it's odd because in that movie, she was kind of the um, like the relatable character, like she's. this person who meets this like really charismatic kind of quirky muscle muscular guy. Right. And um, Thor is the unrelatable one. Like he's this stranger in a strange land, but Jane Foster is, is who like we're, we see the story unfold through her eyes. Right. So I don't know why, but in this movie, she's, she's not, like that she's kind of like this wild card character who's who's saying like some pretty wild stuff very she does things that are like totally for comedic purposes and doesn't seem to be grounded in much of any kind of reality i don't know um so yeah i mean i'm still kind of processing a lot of this stuff but yeah like the look didn't work for me i found the character uninteresting and then on top of all that, I'm curious about your guys' take on this part, but they they throw in this real kind of real bummer of a storyline where she has cancer, right? And it seemed to be really at odds with the tone of the movie. Uh, the tone of the movie is like completely uh, comedic and just goofy comedy, right? Um but she has stage four cancer in this movie. And um, it is like a big part of the, like the serious drama of the movie is basically this cancer storyline with Jane. And I, it kind of weirded me out. Like it, I don't know. It kind of felt like, like a big wet blanket over everything. Just, yeah. I, I, I know Christian, you mentioned there's, this kind of interesting juxtaposition of like some serious stuff with the comedy. We talked about gore a bit. There, there's that some, there's that there also, but 
this this one really weirded me out like the whole cancer thing that that vibe really threw me for a loop um so yeah maybe i'll throw it back to you guys what did you guys think of the cancer storyline well i mean just just off the back like it didn't come out of nowhere because that's what actually like it happened in the comics like that's how she becomes Thor um because she yeah she has breast cancer in the comics and then like she picks the hammer and then like that's kind of like the uh not not to say like antidote to like her breast cancer within the comics but because like that's also the same thing that's, like stopping her from recovering um but uh i, I just want to just like put that out that it's just like it's off the comics like material a oh, good call good call yeah i wasn't aware of that that is cool that it is faithful to the comics but i don't know maybe it could have been handled in a better way <laughs> i don't know what, any thoughts there uh uh either of you um yeah like uh, i see what you mean how it can feel like kind of jarring the uh like the big tonal shifts of the of the i guess the movie in general has does kind of have that problem where it does feel a bit jarring the way it kind of flips between like something as serious as cancer and then she's picking up the hammer and she's trying to make uh you know corny one-liners and like her whole thing is i need a catchphrase and it was kind of this running joke of her character that she was like trying to do that i i don't think really worked and like and like i think cancer is something that that is always it's very serious it's very real and it affects you know a lot a lot of people and so like having something i i think like super jokey in a thor movie it, it does feel like it does throw it off a bit you know whereas you we never really dealt with anything like that in like ragnarok ragnarok was a much more like adventurous grand storyline you know rather than something that about someone battling with cancer and uh, another character battling with the death of his daughter. And so um, I, I definitely, I definitely see, see where you're getting at there. And I, yeah, I do agree. And while I think that it feels like she is, she has more to do it, it in a way it does feel like the idea and her character was a bit underdeveloped. As as I think we're probably going to get in for more of these characters down the line, so yeah, I yeah. I, I see what you mean. Uh, but yeah, maybe continuing that thought, um, the Jane Foster character wasn't the only character I thought was kind of lacking in character development. I kind of didn't care about any of the characters in this movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, for me bottom line is i didn't care about the characters i didn't care about the story man i just didn't care much about anything you know so and you know and even that said i could have been okay with this movie if i had laughed more right so mm -hmm. uh, this movie very much like thor ragnarok is a straight up comedy you know, there are some dramatic elements. There are certainly action elements. Um, but, um, 
you know, I remember when Thor Ragnarok first came out, a lot of us were saying like, whoa, man, they just made a straight up Marvel comedy. This is a comedy movie. If, if you know, blockbusters were still open, they would put it in the comedy section. <laughs> they wouldn't put it in action or drama or whatever. It would belong in the comedy section, right? They did the same thing here. This is a comedy movie, bottom line, right? Um, so without decent storylines and um without good character development it could have been redeemable i think if it was a funny movie like it 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 could have been a great movie if like we really cared about the characters and it was hilarious um but um yeah the, the, the those aspects the story and the characters didn't really work for me so was it funny that's the big question was this my, was this movie funny right and if you were to tell me that Taika Waititi is making a follow-up comedy to Ragnarok, I'd be like, that's a slam dunk. This is going to be a funny movie, right? Um, and as I mentioned, I think there are moments, there are some fun moments in this movie. Um, but it's almost like you could take like few, a few clips. You could take a YouTube clip of that, of that play where you know Melissa McCarthy shows up as Hella. You, you can make a little YouTube clip of the Jane and Thor relationship montage. But as a two-hour movie, no. Uh, it, I simply did not laugh that much during this movie. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like the, the, one, the one sentence review for me of this movie is that it's a comedy movie with few laughs, period. Ooh, <laughs> I just ouch. didn't laugh. I just did not <laughs> laugh that much at all, you know? And um, I have seen it twice. So the, the first time I was like, man, like, I wasn't like, what, what just happened? I, I don't know. Was I just tripping or what? So the second time I was just kind of like paying attention, like, let me just focus here. And same thing. I, I just was not laughing that much. A lot of the, the jokes just, did not hit they're, they're really corny they were really some a lot of the jokes were on a, a very low maturity level i think um yeah there's some there's a lot of corny jokes in this movie a lot of them a lot of them did not work well, what did you guys think uh how funny was the movie to you all yeah like yeah. <laughs> um yeah for me there's definitely like yeah like a few uh punchlines like you said Melissa McCarthy's scene um was hilarious um but like I just felt like there's just just like this like formula that Taiki like copied from like Thor Ragnarok and I think why it worked for Thor Ragnarok was just because it was so fresh. We didn't expect that from, like, a Thor movie. Like, we probably would have expected it from, like, Guardians of the Galaxy or, like, Deadpool or whatever. But from a Thor movie, that would have been fresh, you know? That was fresh and new and unexpected. But for this movie, it, it's kind of like that one meme where it's it says, like, Oh, can I copy your homework? Sure, just but don't like 
copy it too much <laughs> to make it seem like we cheated. And I feel like that's exactly what happened here. Like there was just too much like of that same formula that was used in Thor Ragnarok, just different kind of scenarios. And um, yeah, there was just like a bunch of stuff that did not click or overused or um it was kind of like forced to us like the whole uh the the screaming goats you know like oh yeah oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i feel like you know a few times it's funny because it's like you know like the people who are giving them to thor they're like i don't want them anymore and just like they're annoying as fuck like that's why it's funny because they want to get rid of them and give them to thor you know, and, but then I feel like there's just there's probably like this big like behind the scenes Marvel mindset where they just thought like this is gonna be funny, kids are gonna love this. This is gonna be a big like merch sell, like Baby Yoda or something like that. You know, yeah. and you know, and, and I think I, we talked about that that day when we went to go watch it, but like later on during that night, like yeah, like. It was like one of the first things that popped up onto my like uh like social media thing, like Disney store, like the goats were there and stuff as like toys, and I was mm. like, Oh god, yeah, here it Boy. is, like the merch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, like I just thought the comedy was uh too much. Yeah, like how, like how, basically what you said, uh, Henry, a comedy movie with very few laughs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, there's, there's definitely problems with like, I think like too many recurring jokes that may be kind of funny the first time, but they repeat themselves and they get way less funny. The goats is one. I thought uh, another one was Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. Oh like, my gosh. The relationship of like um, Thor, my ex hammer, and oh no, I'm I'm with you, Stormbreaker. Like I thought the first time when like Stormbreaker kind of slowly comes on screen, I it gave me a laugh when he's trying to call Mjolnir. Yeah. But like then the part like later on where he's like uh, he pours beer over Stormbreaker. I was like, oh god, that was, <laughs> that was bad. Um, and like things like that, and it feels like it just keeps going, and it always. And so when the serious scenes kick in, it it feels more jarring than it should. It doesn't. It feels like, like it because it's always undercut with a joke at some point. It just it like, well, I said the colors kind of with the dark and serious helped mesh it like the writing and the comedy really didn't, you know, like it just, it felt like it caused more problems with it because it just wasn't very funny. And it kept coming. It kept, they kept hitting you with it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the goats for you because I kind of forgot about the goats. Um, man, that was terrible. <laughs> Uh, I remember first seeing this uh, viral video about screaming goats. You know, I mentioned uh, how parts of this movie kind of work as YouTube clips. Well, I became aware of uh, 
screaming goats through YouTube, like, I don't know, a couple years ago or something. And I legit thought it was funny at the time. I laughed. And then they brought those goats into this movie. And the first time uh, it happened, I kind of chuckled like, oh, yeah, those are those goats I saw on YouTube. Right. They scream. It's so weird. It's 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 so wacky, you know. But even then, even that first time, I don't think I laughed as hard as when I saw it, like on YouTube. I just kind of chuckled. And then they did it again. And I didn't laugh. And then they did it again <laughs> and again and again. And each time it just got more and more annoying. And it was like, oh, God, please kill me now. I don't want this anymore. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Um, one last note on the comedy. I definitely wanted to call this out. So the Guardians of the Galaxy are in this movie. And... Uh, a lot of people, myself included, were looking forward to Thor plus the Guardians. We got a taste of it at the end of Avengers Endgame. It seemed like a great like comedy team, right? And um, the Guardians of the Galaxy are some of the funniest characters in all of the MCU. Um, the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies we've gotten from James Gunn are hilarious. These characters are legit funny when they're together. They're super funny. Um, even out of the hands of James Gunn, they're super funny. Like in uh, Infinity War, they are hilarious, you know? So I was like, oh shit, the Guardians of the Galaxy are being given to Taika Waititi. This is going to be fucking awesome, right? This is going to be super funny. But in this movie, the Guardians are criminally underutilized. Oh, my God. They might as well have not been in this movie. They weren't funny. They kind of had nothing to do with anything in this movie. It was almost like Taika didn't want them in the movie. And he was, like, forced to use them because of the end of Endgame. Right? That's what it kind of felt like. And it it bummed me out, man. I was like, dude, this is like, this is criminal what has happened here because this should have been great. Um, but as it was, it was a total waste. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just really unfortunate and really disappointing. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Oh, go ahead, Porfirio. No, you can go first, because I feel like I'm going to go on a long tangent. <laughs> oh, okay, then I'll, I'll keep it brief. Yeah, the Guardians, like, they felt like they were shooed away after their, like, initial scene, yep. which I thought was pretty annoying. Like, they didn't come back at all. Like, I'm creating a team, but you're not going to use any members from the team you just had. I thought that was, uh, they really should have come back for the third act or something and helped out. And so, yeah, I was super disappointed with that, too. Yeah. What about you, Perfurio? Yeah, I think, like, you know, you mentioned this earlier, Henry. I just felt like there was just a lot of, like, shortcomings with a lot of stuff. Like, you know, like, uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy was one of them. But, like, you know, in the positive side, I mentioned how, like, I was happy to see, like, Lady Sif and Valkyrie and Gorg. Um, but like at the same time, like that was also negative just because I felt like 
all of them were underutilized and there was no character development, you know. I was excited to see them, but by the end of the movie, I didn't care about them, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, like Valkyrie, she, like, was in it and I feel like she didn't get, like, a proper kind of storyline. Um, Gorg, like, he was badass in terms of visuals, but... Like, I felt like most of the movie, he was kind of just getting his ass kicked by Thor. And, like, you know, he was supposed to be a god killer. Like, where is he actually killing gods? Like, or fighting them, you know? Like, I, there was none of that. Um, then, yeah, there was no use of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they were just kind of, like, as quickly as they were put together, they were disbanded with Thor. Like, there's just a lot of shortcomings with pretty much every character. Jane Foster, Thor, Korg, Zeus. Like, they were just, like, it was hard to root for any character because there's just, like, no character development for any any character. Yeah, that's a good summary. It was hard to care about pretty much anything in this movie right uh oh hey that you brought up a good point too about how you know gore looked cool but he wasn't that imposing like the first time gore battles the heroes in this movie he loses right Mm -hmm. he does uh you know kidnap the kids of asgard but um you know, he fights Thor and Jane and Valkyrie and he kind of gets his ass kicked. And he's like, oh, I'm not beating these guys. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I'm just going to kidnap these kids and leave. <laughs> right. It's kind of kind of a no no of action movies. Right. You, you got to make your your villain a little more menacing. imposing. Right. Menacing. Like, yeah. like compare gore mid-movie to like hella yeah in Ragnarok. Yeah. hella was mm-hmm. like whoa how the fuck are they gonna beat this person she's like amazing she's invincible right um and um and in the end they they still couldn't beat her they had to kind of turn the tide and and uh you know um get ragnarok started to to, to take her out right um but yeah that you know in this movie it was like oh they they beat him the first time they met him, right? And uh yeah, later in like on his home turf, right, the shadow realm or whatever, he yeah, he's more powerful there. Uh, but you know, I never got a sense that he was like this all-powerful villain and I was like, wonder- he, like he was like a threat or anything. Yeah, exactly. He he wasn't a huge threat to the heroes of this movie. Yeah, like like kind of like what you said, like well, how they gave Hela like a good scene when she kind of like single-handedly destroys like the Asgardian army mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool to just have like a small scene where it's like three three or four gods like team up and they're like oh we heard you're the god killer like how powerful are you then they like fight him and mm-hmm. Gore kind of just like kills him off like you know obviously he has like maybe like a little bit of like he, they put up a fight but at the end like Gork like finishes them off you know because yeah. you know like 
Thor is the one who's like selling to all the gods that Gork is a god killer, but you never see him kill any right. of them. You know, yeah, that's a good point. We did see the aftermath of one of those yeah. battles where Sif is like wounded, right? Uh, maybe it would have been good to see that scene play out, right? Mm. Gore taking on gods and just like disposing them. Yeah. Disposing yeah. of them easily, just, you know? J- just to kind of give like, I guess, some like credibility to like hit how powerful he is or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. Um, anything else we want to call out as negatives or things you didn't like so much here? Hmm. I guess like another part, this is more, I guess more of continuing on what we've been saying, but this movie is really like a structural mess of a movie. And it, I've heard that there's like a lot of this movie got cut out. There's all Lana head. Lana Haiti is getting stewed right now over a, a scene that she did that got cut out of the movie. And I've also heard Peter Dinklage, was in the movie. Um, mm. Odin was in the movie at one point, and like, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, the the Grandmaster. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, another like someone else too. Like, it seems like so much of this movie is missing. Like mm. there, yeah, I. It's like you were talking about Gore not killing any gods that we see, except for that one at the beginning. Um, there's it, there's a lot of character development lacking. It seems like scenes like come and go way too quickly for us. And like, you know, by the time the big third act battle happens, we're kind of just like, Oh, that's it. You know? And the movie's so underwhelming and rushed and it, it kind of makes you wonder like what happens? Like how, how did like with like I don't know when this film uh, with the pandemic and what the timeline was, but it seems like you know where did the time go? You know where did how did something how did this happen that there was this was this rushed and that there was such a time crunch to finish? Yeah, yeah. You bring up some interesting thoughts, Christian, because I haven't heard of any troubles with the production of this movie. But it feels like there were some problems here, right? It definitely feels like maybe there were some problems between the studios and Taika's direction. Um, Yeah, like the whole thing with the Guardians, it it really feels like he didn't want them in the movie, but was forced to do it. And that's just like one thing of a lot of things that felt kind of weird and off. Uh, So over time might be worth like keeping an eye on this because I have a feeling we might be hearing some stuff about like, like some clashing on creative decisions and that sort of thing. You, you know, it's so funny. Like, I don't know if like, yeah, like I, I definitely did read that news. Also Christian, like so many um, characters that were cut off or anything. Um, and I don't know, like, how much Marvel is like making Taiki say this, but uh, you know, after the movie was made, I guess like there, I was some critiques that like it just felt cutted, like edited out, and so there were, I know there's been multiple like 
interviews where they've asked like Taiki like if he's gonna like um do like if there should be like release like a director's cut like with the Snyder cut you know and he swears that there isn't like another version that this is like the version he wanted and whatever interesting like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, but that's that's all you could say on that end time will tell uh-huh. yeah. yeah it just feels like something doesn't add up here but mm-hmm. yeah we'll see we'll see over time if we hear anything okay i think we could go on and on <laughs> with the negatives on this one uh but let's move on um we did get a couple post credit scenes uh let's talk about that a little bit so in the first post credit scene we are introduced to hercules what did you guys think of hercules entering the mcu hmm. my my thought was that it was like, oh, is this going to be like another Adam Warlock situation <laughs> where, you know, we heard about Adam Warlock coming into the MCU at the end of Guardians 2, and that was several years ago, and we haven't heard anything since. Yeah. So he might be in Guardians 3 coming out soon, but it's like, oh, we that might be the next Thor movie, which we might get in five years. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think Adam Warlock is going to be in the next Guardians movie because I think they already have the actor to play him. Is that right? Are All we right. finally going to see him? Finally, <laughs> it's um. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of like if I've seen him in any other works at the top of my head. I can't think of any, but um, the only one I could think of is uh. Have you guys ever seen like Were the Millers? Oh no, I haven't mm-hmm. seen one of them. Yeah, me but, neither. Uh, like the son. What's his name? The actor. Let me see if I could find it. Will Poultler. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I heard about that casting announcement. So yeah, yeah, that's right. We will see him. All right. Finally. <laughs> I know. <right>? Finally. <laughs> um. But sorry, that that was just my little. <laughs> discussion about Adam Warlock <laughs> but in, in terms of Hercules I didn't care and I, I mean I haven't read any Hercules comics like um most of the comics I read Hercules is not in it like when he was introduced I was like oh I know who he is but I don't really care <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh yeah I yeah, to be honest, like, you know, I feel like post end game, like, I'm more just like, oh, cool, like, seeing more of these characters come to life. But now that I don't know, like, the general directions, there should be like this, like, huge team up, like, that, like, end game was like, um, being like, uh, you know, kind of like, Built up to, I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't really care that much for a lot of these like new introduction of the MCU characters, and I just didn't don't care for Hercules in general. That's just um, my take. 
Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I definitely had a uh, don't really care feeling about that scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in that same camp where it's not like I'm a big uh, Hercules in the comics fan. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it might be interesting to see what they do with this character, if anything, moving forward. Um, but yeah, the cameo is like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> they did mention his name earlier in the movie. So I guess that was a little little teaser. Um, but when we finally get him, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of <laughs> corny and I don't really care. So let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was in a like a post credit scene. But, you know, I think like going off like what we've been talking about, like just like other MCU uh references um there was that whole scene in that room with all the statues and stuff like we see like the watcher and the celestial being like when gorg fights thor and all the kids which i thought was stupid (laughs) um but did you guys i i haven't looked it up yet i've been meaning to look it up but did you guys see like a king the conqueror in that room also I didn't. I did not. Actually, I looked for it the second time because I think you brought it up, but I still couldn't find it. I need to look it up to see if it was actually in there. <laughs> it might might have been one of those like blink and you'll miss it type of cameos. Like you have to like literally freeze the frame. Yeah. Because there was there was a lot of stuff like kind of going on like visually in that scene of like a uh, okay who's that where are they like who are they. Where, who's that god, you know? Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't find Kang when I actually like tried to look. Let's see if I could find it right now. Um But yeah, like I it, it was cool, I guess. Um Yeah, so that was the, what was the second cameo or second uh post credit scene so the second one was Valhalla right oh Valhalla uh, yeah. we see uh, we've been giving spoiler alerts but again spoiler alert be aware uh, Jane Foster does die in this movie she dies a warrior's death and the second post credit scene is her in Valhalla and it is there where she meets Heimdall played by Idris Elba. Uh, So another past Thor actor who reprises his role here. Um, So kind of interesting, right? Um, Yeah, I think we all talked about how we were curious about what they were going to do with the Jane Foster character in this movie. And I don't think any of us were expecting her to die. (laughs) If anything, we thought she was going to take the Thor mantle and become a pretty major part of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Right. But it kind of doesn't seem like it now because she's dead and she's in Valhalla or also known as heaven. (laughs) Right. Um, So. What do you think now? Do you think she's like really dead and we won't see 
this character anymore. We won't see Natalie Portman in the MCU anymore. Um, this kind of kind of brings us to a bigger discussion about like what's next, but maybe specifically what uh, the Jane, Jane Foster like. Well, what do you guys think after seeing the scene of her in heaven, essentially? Hmm. Well, like I would say, like they do show like Thor will return, like right after they right. show that scene. So it seems to allude to the fact that she would come back because she is named, you know, she is a Thor once she picks up the hammer. Um, and that they show they tease Idris Elba. And like, so I'm thinking that could possibly play into the next movie of Thor going to Valhalla, Thor Odinson going to Valhalla to get in order to bring Jane and Heimdall back or something, um, to fight Hercules maybe, um, I guess that's my prediction from like those two after credit scenes of where they might take it. But on the hand, she could, you know, she's exited the MCU before, so she could have just signed on to do this one movie and just said, okay, I just wanted to do this. My character's dead and I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, I feel like she'll have a larger role because in the comics, after she is finished with the Thor um mantle she takes up uh the valkyrie mantle and becomes a valkyrie so there's still maybe that storyline to explore mm. um so uh you know i think yeah we're not done seeing jane foster in the mcu okay yeah, interesting. Um, anything's possible with Marvel. No one's really truly dead, especially now in the times of the multiverse. If it's not this Jane Foster, maybe we'll see a different Jane Foster, right? Uh, so, like I said, no one's really dead. Um, yeah, maybe we can open it up a little bit to where does this franchise go? in general yeah like maybe we'll start there at the end of the movie it does say thor will return right so maybe it means the chris hemsworth thor maybe it means the jane foster thor or natalie portman thor um i don't know how how did you read that when it says thor will return I was like, no, <laughs> not That's another one of these. <laughs> That's Please. how I read it. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I want to have, I want to just say like a few like fence to like Thor return. Like one, um, because you know we see Gork's kid kind of like become like the adopted child of Thor. Yeah, for. Uh, so I'm just like, you know, like the whole, like, I think Cork said it, like how, like, that's how the name got developed, Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is so corny. Like, you <laughs> should have seen me. I would, like, roll my eyes so hard when that, when he said that and, like, the title came up and they were fighting. I was like, this is, like, 
the corniest, stupidest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, if which they probably will make a Thor five with like Hercules, um, and Thor. I kind of hope Taiki Watiki doesn't come back to do it. <laughs> like, he, like I said, he's a genius at what he does, but you need a break, you know, from the same kind of material, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, let me, I'll just leave it at that because... I'm not. I I'm not looking for a Thor five, but I probably they probably will be like a Thor five because there's just it doesn't make sense for them to cross over with any other characters within the MCU. Maybe something like Eternals two if that ever gets made, but nothing else because it's already been confirmed that Thor's not gonna appear in Guardians three. Oh, is that so, right? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So that's where I, that's that's where I'm putting my thoughts on. Yeah, I mean that is interesting. It says Thor will return, and were this earlier in an earlier MCU phase, you could be like, oh, maybe that's in the next Thor movie, but it could be some other movie, like the next Avengers movie. Or some other team up but right now um when it says thor will return it does seem like it means the next thor movie right because yeah it's like where would you put them otherwise i don't know so it that probably would mean another thor movie and yeah who knows what would that what that would be about presumably yeah hercules would be in it but other than that no idea uh but what are your thoughts on this uh christian yeah um i i think that for does bring a good point uh maybe it's time to hand thor over to a different director and bring in some new blood and see what they do yeah. i think thor has been a character that's kind of been handed off to from director to director mm-hmm. um between there's four movies as well as where he's been in with the Avengers and they've all kind of had very different takes on how they view the character. And well, I do think Thor Ragnarok is one of the best Marvel movies. Um, and I think that was a good direction for the character. Um, I, it, it, I think after watching this, it all, it does feel like that idea has run out of steam a bit. And there yeah. needs to be a bit of a, a shakeup. Mm-hmm. So maybe another director could bring, could breathe a bit more new life into him. Um, I think I remember reading that Patty Jenkins was originally going to direct the dark world, hmm. but left over creative differences because she wasn't able to make the movie she wanted to make. I read so that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wanted, she wanted like a Romeo and Juliet type movie with, uh, Thor and Jane, so maybe maybe something like that could work for the next one. Um, I don't know, but I think that's I think that's ultimately where I'd want it. As far as like where Thor would uh, otherwise appear, um, I, I do keep hearing rumors that 
Secret Wars is going to be the big thing that they're going to build towards next. That's going to be the next big Ooh. Marvel crossover. So, of course, you know, I'd want Thor there. I'd want one of the Avengers there. Yeah. So I think that would be the next like big crossover for him to be a part mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Good points. Good points for sure. Yeah. My thoughts on Thor and what's next. I think they need to put Thor on the back burner for a while. I think we're thawed out. You know, um, I was just thinking that with Endgame, that really brought an end to the iron man and captain america stories and it probably should have closed out thor also (laughs) in retrospect right um you know iron man got three solo movies captain america got three solo movies they got to appear in a whole lot of other marvel movies and then they had this great send-off in endgame right um thor had a great send-off too you know he handed over he handed the keys to asgard over to valkyrie and um maybe that would have been a good time for him to just sort of walk off into the sunset uh you know uh instead um he he uh, boards the milano with the guardians of the galaxy right um and you know at the time, that seemed promising. I, I kind of wanted to see more Thor, but like I said, in retrospect, um, wouldn't it have been nice if uh, that was the end of, of Thor's story also, right? Uh, so yeah, when I see Thor will return, um, yeah, I'm thinking... Well, hopefully it'll be a while before he returns mm. because I think we've all had enough of him uh, for now. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I would appre- I think the back burner is the best place for Thor for the next few years. Yeah. Okay, so we're getting close to wrap up time. I had a last. I had a couple last thoughts here. Um, you know, oh, we touched upon it, but um, the music in this movie, curious about your guys' thoughts here. Um, there is a lot of Guns N' Roses songs in this movie, <laughs> right? Um, not totally unprecedented, right? Because uh, Thor Ragnarok had a lot of Led Zeppelin and um, Iron Man 2 had a lot of ACDC, right? So um, there, this movie kind of follows that. Uh, that precedent in in some regards um but yeah a lot of guns and roses was it too much gnr what do you guys think hmm i did have a phase in high school where i was really really into gnr <laughs> um and so yeah it did, it did remind me a lot of iron man too actually now that you mentioned it um but it's like eh, kind of I, I don't think it i think the part where November rain comes in is great. I really like that part for the big climax. I thought it worked pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well with the piano and the guitar solo. Um, some of it, I guess I could take or leave, you know. What about you, Preferio? Thoughts on the music? Mm, I would Okay, like, 
I, I'm not going to say, like, I'm, I'm going to give shits on, like, on the the music choices. I think I'm going to give more shit on, like, uh, like, just, I guess, like, the purpose of the music. Like, just because, like you said, Henry, like, we've already seen it from, like, Thor Ragnarok and Iron Man 2. I just kind of felt like, this was something like like I expected from like James Gunn also you know mm-hmm. like he does that a lot in his work and so I guess like seeing this again you know coming off like Peacemaker I was like oh like this kind of like uh, the purpose to use like this kind of like old band's music for like epicness or this large energy vibe i was just i was like eh, i've seen it before right kind of been done before yeah i get yeah. that yeah 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 it's no, not, not, not the shit on the music choice because i do love guns and roses also just like the purpose of using the music that's why i'm, I'm like mm. more like uh-huh. got it yeah no i love gnr too man um and uh great songs definitely and I'm not going to shit on it too much either. Uh, I will say this, you know, if the movie was better, <laughs> I'd probably feel a lot better about it. But I think it's like hearing these great songs in a movie that just doesn't really work. Kind of bummed me out in a way. Yeah, I was thinking about it and I was like, would I feel better about this music if I was enjoying the movie more? And I think... <laughs> it's a yes on that right <laughs> so um yeah maybe i'm just kind of indifferent uh, as it is okay uh let's go on to our ratings wait, so, wait, wait, wait. oh yeah what you got free for us one last thing before we go to our readings um i just because i don't know how we avoided this but would you guys think of the introduction of um Oh my gosh, what's that character? The one that Gord goes to for his wish? Oh, um, Eternity. Eternity. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because I feel like, you know, like now we're getting to like a larger scape of like the cosmic MCU. Because like, you know, like I said, we we saw the Watcher, possibly King, and you know, we saw the celestial beings within that room and stuff. Like, I feel like now we're getting to like this larger, like, yeah, like multiverse, cosmic kind of level of within the MCU, you know? Uh, yeah, I can speak on this a little bit. You know, it, it's kind of what we've been talking about. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is really going into some pretty wild territory right um earlier mcu has been more grounded and uh more street level that sort of thing um but yeah we're we're getting into some pretty crazy stuff multiverse cosmic marvel um i mean this eternity character is basically like the genie in in the lamp in a way right grants you wishes (laughs) And uh, yeah, in a way, a lot of this is is what I was fearing a bit, you know, like um, I didn't 
I, I'm not a big fan of cosmic Marvel and these just grand epic stories. Um, but I, I always felt like if it was done well, then that's cool, you know? Um, but a lot of this stuff isn't being done all that well. So, um, you know, I've stated a lot of my problems about the Eternals movie. Um, this movie has a lot of problems. Um, so, yeah, it it's almost like proving my point about like, you know, I want to see more street level type stuff and now I'm not getting it. And not only am I not getting it, but the stuff I am getting isn't working, man. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's all kind of a bummer. Uh, so yeah, I, that's kind of my rant on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cosmic Marvel needs the balance, you know, it needs that human connection like with guardians, like guardians is cosmic Marvel, but like you, you kind of, you jive with Chris Pratt's story with star Lord's story. And like you, you like the core team and like, you really like the dynamic of the team. And that's kind of what really drives these movies and kind of what makes them work. And so like, I think you need, like you really need something like that and you need it to like, it seems like they they do attempt that in in the other ones, but it just doesn't seem to to click as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But when it does, I'm actually all here for it, you know. I have enjoyed some of the forays, like you know, Guardians, as I said before. I would definitely say like Thanos as well. Definitely delves yeah. into the cosmic. Mm-hmm. And I love Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. But yeah, like this one, Eternals, yeah, definitely felt like a little bit more missed because they like because they were just like lacking those those like story beats that we were looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah, yep. Excuse me, and I think like Eternity. Uh, unfortunately, I, I I'm not sure if we'll ever see Eternity again. It's an interesting idea, but I think it probably only exists for this movie. Well, I know Eternity exists in Marvel Comics, but I just don't know how Mm -hmm. often they use it. Like, similar to, you know, like, The Watcher, you know? Like, you know it -hmm. exists, but they never have, like, a large role within, like, the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess maybe, like you said, it is a genie granting wishes, so maybe it's best to keep that, you know, in the bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So from the sounds of it, the three of us are down on this movie. But how down are we? <laughs> Let's get into our ratings. Uh on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. What would you give Thor Love and Thunder? Uh let's see. Who wants to start? volunteers um i'll start yeah i'll give my rating first so yeah i'll I'll give thor love and thunder a two i think there's things that i like about this movie um especially kind of certain scenes in a vacuum certain performances in a vacuum 
but it, the movie feels uh, less than the sum of its parts is how I would, uh, I guess, summarize it. It feels like there's a lot of structural problems. It feels like a lot of the comedy's lacking. And a lot of scenes are lacking. The movie just doesn't have that oomph. So yeah, two out of five for me. Got it. Okay, how about you, Perferio? Um, Yeah, so for me, I think, yeah, I, I came into the movie like zero to low expectations and thank God I did because I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> um, there you go. So, uh, was it a fun movie? Sure. Was Did it have an Oscar-worthy storyline? Nope. No. Would I watch it again? Maybe when it comes on Disney+. Plus. Um, so, for me, uh, I give this, a, like, I'm with Christian, a 2 out of 5. This is probably my least favorite of the phase four of the MCU films. Got it. Good take. And uh, yeah, twos across the board because I'm going to go with a two also. Um, Yeah, I've seen it twice and uh, neither time did I feel like I was watching a good movie. This is not a good movie. <laughs> this is a dud. This is a miss. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I, the more annoyed I get. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was entertaining the thought of going one on this, but um, yeah, I didn't hate it that much. And I didn't, I didn't hate it at all. I didn't hate this movie. And um it just was poorly done. And, and, you know, I will say this um, it's a comedy, like we've been saying, and with comedies, comedy is, is hard. It's very difficult to pull off comedy, any kind of comedy, stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, comedy in TV shows, comedy in movies like here, it's not easy. Um, and for me to say like, Taika, you've been so great in these past, projects you've done why can't you just bring that same magic it's not that easy it's a lot harder than it looks right um so i will say that and um it wasn't completely void of fun moments there are some moments worth seeing here it it is not completely without merit um sure there are some cool things to check out in this movie disappointing absolutely it was a disappointment so two out of five and uh, yeah we're all in agreement two out of five for thor love and thunder and thankfully there's going to be some new mcu content real quick so hopefully we can get uh um the bad taste of this one out of our mouths quite soon (laughs) yeah okay with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from henry perferio and christian